Well, it's autumn again, and the kids are back in school. Thank goodness. Scanners detecting more trouble in Sector 9. No doubt it's the work of that nefarious criminal, the sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance, the evil Emperor Zerg. Mesa Verde, the most advanced desert reclamation complex in the Western Hemisphere, invites you to explore its wide range of career possibilities. Maglev Express Service to Mesa Verde leaves every 30 minutes. Next week, the True Life Adventures Club will be holding its third annual meeting. Doctors Sears and Hibbler will be discussing their research on the African lion. This is the Global Broadcasting Service, the voice of civilization. W Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 187 for the week of September 12th, 2010. This week's show is all about you, as I'll answer more of your listener emails. Questions include everything from finding that special souvenir to some imagineering dreaming takeout options from Walt Disney World restaurants, traveling to the resort, camping, Song of the South, timing your dinner reservations just right, those mysterious birds in Epcot, choosing some special events, and so much more. I'll then have a few announcements about some upcoming Disney meets and events, and then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I've invited you since the very beginning of WDW Radio to really be as much of a part of the show as possible. At the very least, to feel free to send me in any time your email questions about Walt Disney World vacation planning or trivia or history or whatever it might be. And you have definitely all risen to the to the challenge and have sent in a great number of questions. And I am trying to get through these as fast as possible. And I've once again brought along a little bit of help from somebody who makes bringing magic to Walt Disney World part of her business. She is, of course, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. She really is. She's the fuzzball to my Captain EO. So, Becky, welcome back. (laughs) The fuzzball? Can I take sidekick? Fuzzball? (laughs) Fuzzball. I almost called you the hooter to my Captain EO, but I didn't think it would sound right. So... (laughs) Okay, back up, reverse. What does what is, what is, um, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory dude say again? Uh, strike strike it, that, reverse. reverse it. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> um, it's glad, I'm really glad to be back. There you are the, the supreme leader, really, of, of, uh, of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. That and your sidekick, yeah. <laughs> I, I know my place. <laughs> but yeah, Becky, once again, the, emo- the email inbox <clears throat> excuse me, is still overflowing and we are trying to get to these as quickly as possible but as thoroughly as possible too so let's get right into it the first one is from ga losi who sent his question 
or her question from the official and free WDW Radio iPhone app. He or she says, my Disney, oh, I think it's a he, because he says, my Disney collections are full of pens and ties. Very yeah. cool. Both of which I use every day in my law practice. Uh, another Disney fan lawyer guy. I'm always checking the various merchandise locations. Just thought I'd ask you which one has the largest selection. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Keep spreading the magic. There, you can use that as your tagline, Becky Mankin. Keep spreading the magic. Uh, again, I'll, I'll work through it at the end of the show. We'll see what we do. All right, so, so go ahead. Pens and ties is what he's looking. Give me a couple of your recommendations. Pens and ties. Um, World of Disney, downtown Disney location. Right. If we're talking on property anyway. Uh, merchandise locations, mouse gear at Epcot is usually good. The Emporium on Main Street. That's where I actually picked up a tie for, for my wonderful husband so he can wear a Mickey Mouse tie to work, which he loves. Um, another one, not on property, but DisneyShopping.com also has a lot of pens and ties that are available online. So I think that's my, my greatest hits list. Yeah, certainly I would have gone with, with the big three to, <clears throat> excuse me, Mouse Gear, the Emporium World of Disney. I think Writer Stop used to actually have some, but the other place that I would check to that you might not have thought about is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Keystone Clothiers has a, a great selection of ties for men. Oh, right. And if you go farther down, I know they do have, uh, in the case, I think they have some pens and also the other merchandise shop on that side of Hollywood Boulevard also has a variety of pens as well. Lots of options. <laughs> Lots of great places to buy pens and ties. <laughs> didn't um, When D23 first started, didn't they have an exclusive charter member D23, a very expensive pen? Yeah. I, mean, I think it's like $650 somewhere around there. Not looking, you know, not sure if that's where you're looking, GA, but if you're trying to be a completist, I think they had uh, some high-end pens as well gotta get my club 33 pen Ooh, i have my club 33 pen i'm hugging mine right now um, <laughs> next one this is a great question i love this question from my loyal fan he says daniel roberts you're not a fan you're a friend daniel anyway if you had to place a restaurant inside of a ride slash attraction a la the living seas and coral reef san angel inn and el rio del tiempo what ride would you choose and which restaurant for example, a futuristic Starbucks might lend itself well to Space Mountain. Wow. <laughs> I can tell this is going to go all over the place, isn't it? I knew exactly oh. that the second he asked it. I, Did I, you really? Yep. Something came to mind right away. Something <sighs> came to mind right off the bat. And if you want me to answer first to give you time to try and scramble with an answer, I can do that. Go for it. <laughs> Journey into imagination on the second level of the pavilion. Just imagine how beautiful it would be sitting there inside the glass pyramid in a wonderfully themed, imagine, not imagination institute, but an imagination themed restaurant with some figment and some dream finder in there looking out over future world through the glass pyramid, especially at night, the monorail going by, the colors, the jumping fountains. Perfect. That is very thought out. Huh? <laughs> Come on. That's cool. No, that, that's, a, that's a great idea. I'm, see, my brain is going right to, I want something really kind of scary and ooh, you know, kind of twisty, dark and twisty. Man, so, you are dark and twisty, so it's only, I, it's only appropriate. You know, I am so dark and twisty sometimes that the whole, doing something inside the Tower of Terror to, to have that whole hotel thing and ghosts, you know, doing things like grabbing plates and moving them. I mean, I, 
I would so love something like that. The whole t- you know, hotel operations, dark and twisty. I like that. You want to bring characters into it. What about something tied in with Toy Story Mania? Oh, that sort would of be immersing f- you into the Toy Story Andy's room world. Ooh, that could be fun. Or, you know, you could have a drive-thru at Test Track. Or you could just replace the Liberty <laughs> Inn over at American Adventure and put in a real good American restaurant there, sampling flavors from around the country. Sorry, I borrowed Jim Corcus' soapbox there for a second. You know what? I'm <laughs> thinking that that may not be a bad idea. But, you know, you could do Mission Space, the freeze-dried meals. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy freeze-dried food in the gift shop. That's an awesome question. I got to say, that really is because it makes you think about... I, because I love it, Disneyland, obviously. I, I love the restaurant that's there in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And this would be a really good thing to sit down and kind of go through the map and really think through. This is where I want the listeners to chime in at, on the show notes at WDW Radio. Click on the, this week's podcast episode. You can go and comment right there. Tell us, if you could put a restaurant inside of an attraction or sort of connected with an attraction, wh- what would you choose and what kind of restaurant would it be? And I'm very curious to see sort of the scope and the breadth and the creativity of some of our listeners, because I know that we're going to probably get some very, very good. I know some people have probably thought this out. uh, Oh, yeah. And what do you guys think of my journey to imagination, my imagination restaurant on the second floor? Oh, I can't wait to hear everybody's ideas. That is a really, really good idea. If I had any artistic ability, I'd sketch it out, but I have none. (laughs) Just ask Tim Foster. So Cool. Yeah, I definitely want to hear... um, hear people's thoughts and and in addition to replacing liberty and you can also bring the astronomers club over to tomorrowland anyway moving on from olympia washington is abraham hey. roca who also sent his question from the official wdw radio iphone app awesome he said i was listening to your top 10 counter service restaurants when i thought of a dining related question do the table service restaurants in walt disney world allow you to order your meal as a takeout meal so that you don't have to eat it in the restaurant. And the reason he asks is I enjoy the table service for food for dinner, but small, tired children and declining table service manners at the back end of a day in the parks can be a recipe for disaster. We enjoy eating in our room, but room service is expensive and the menus are limited. Thanks for the wonderful show and slick new app. I'm glad to hear that you are a fellow attorney because you clearly certainly represent. Wow, a lot of attorneys and Disney fans. It's, it's lawyer day. <laughs> it is lawyer day. And he says, thanks and long live the Adventures Club. To that, Abraham, I say, Congaloosh, counselor. All right. Awesome. So do the table service restaurants, Becky, allow you to take your meal to go? Well, shout out to Olympia, Washington, by the way, because that's like my backyard. That's near Snoqualmie. Yeah, that place with the moose and polar bears. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> honestly... No. Uh, a lot of them, you can't do a takeout meal. You can't go up and say, hey, I'd like something to go. They don't do to-go orders. Obviously, if you're sitting down at your table service restaurant, though, and you're experiencing a meltdown and you need to, to have them box it and, and you can leave with it, yes, um, they will accommodate that. But you can't just walk up to the uh, to the podium and say, hey, you know, I'd like a um, steak and baked potato to go. <laughs> They're not going to really be able to accommodate those requests. That would be awesome, though. You know, I think about being able to do some takeout and go back to your room and or sit down by the pool and uh, and have some. What about so? But doggy bags are okay. They don't mind the yeah. doggy bag request. 
they don't mind the doggy bag request. I've I've had a lot of luck with that. I haven't had a lot of luck with being able to just walk up and say, "Hey, can I?" I just want to. I in my case, it's usually I need to go work in my room, and I'm I've had like forty burgers this this week at room service. Can I just take something to go? Um, <laughs> have not had a lot of luck with that, unfortunately. Yeah, interesting question though. Uh, thanks, Abraham. The next question comes from Jeff. He says, "Lou, I know if anybody can answer this, it must be Becky. No, he said it must be you. I'm an annual pass holder." Looking for new ways to visit more often. That's like that. the benefit of the annual pass. First, we'll take these one by one. How can I get to property if I take Amtrak? Now, I actually have a segment that I'm going to air about taking Amtrak to Walt Disney World. Uh, Becky, have you ever done the auto train? Have you ever taken a train to Walt Disney World? Is there a train from Snoqualmie? Snoqualmie <laughs> from Seattle, that would be a little difficult. But I do have <laughs> I do have several clients who've taken the auto train down, and it, it goes into Sanford, correct? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. They speak really highly of it, and it, it does cost a little bit of money. But when you arrive, you've got your own car. You save on car rental. You get a couple of meals on the way down. It, apparently, it's it's pretty comfortable it's an awesome experience i did it as a kid and again we're going to talk about this on a full segment but if you want to get to property magical express does not go to the uh to the amtrak stop uh from what i understand so you're going to have to either rent a car get a a car service company uh or you can even get a cab from there as well there is no disney transportation Right. From the Orlando station, it's about 20 minutes, I believe, to property. Um, and on property, there's a rental car. I think Hertz is there, and you have to pre-book it. You can't get the rental car when you arrive. Very good. Number two, if I fly, could I rent a tent over at Fort Wilderness and have a place to store my belongings? I'm traveling by myself, and does Magical Express run to the campground? Magical Express does go to the campground ground and I hear it's possible to rent a tent and possibly a cot as well on an individual basis. There's there's a couple of um, of things online that says you have to be part of a group to rent a tent but if you call them previous to your arrival there might be limitations depending on availability so you'd want to do that really early to make sure that you you know get your, your tent reserved but not sure you can store anything there. I have not been able to um, to dig up any resources to store uh, anything outside your tent at the campground. Yeah, I don't know that there's sort of a, a bell services holding area that for the duration of your stay, they'll actually hold any luggage or anything like that. No, I'm, I'm hearing that that's not, uh, not in the cards. Right. And number three, somewhat out of left field, having nothing to do with, with traveling to Walt Disney World or pitching a tent. I know that Disney is not releasing Song of the South, but he loves the film. Actually, just watched that with my kids last week. Right. I agree with you. Is there anywhere on property that I can get Song of the South merchandise that isn't a plush watch or Splash Mountain themed? Love the show, Jeff. Jeff, you unfortunately took part of my answer that if you went to Splash Mountain, you could obviously get pins and picture frames and lots of things at the end of the attraction and in the, the nearby Splash Mountain store. But there's nothing specific to Song of the South. I mean, they almost sort of distance the attraction from the film upon which it was based by not having anything that specifically refers to it uh, in the form of any sort of merchandise. And if there's a pin about Song of the South, I'm not a pin guy. I've never actually seen one, certainly not in the store. Yeah, I haven't either. And and I agree with you that I have not seen hardly any merchandise or anything. Yeah, and I don't, and again, I think you're right. I don't think Disney is going to release Song of South. This is a separate conversation for a separate show. So I don't know that anything specifically would be coming out. But again, if anybody can show that I'm mistaken, please let me know and we'll uh, we'll pass that along over to Jeff. 
Next question comes from Michelle who says, hey, Lou and Becky or Tim, whoever else might be there. See that, Becky? What are you, are you, do you have other people on for your Michelle's listeners? keeping you on. See, now, if you listen, you'd know. Okay? <laughs> so now I'm going to put out a call for somebody else to do emails with me just to make you crazy. Anyway, oh, oh, listen, Michelle has okay. a serious question because Alrighty. she was recently diagnosed with diabetes. Okay. And she wondered if we had some suggestions or maybe one counter and one sit-down restaurant in each park that might be carb-friendly but light on the fish and seafood. Or if we've covered this before, pointers to a show number. Loves the show. Look forward to Monday mornings at her desk. Michelle, thank you for the email. I'm sorry to hear about your recent diagnosis. Uh, The first and best advice I'd want to give you is go back to show number 103. That was January 25th of last year. We did a full show and it concentrated primarily, for the most part, about special needs and dining. But it was about special needs in Walt Disney World. And what you'll be able to take away from that is that... I probably couldn't, and again, not being somebody who has to be concerned, although I should be concerned about counting carbs, um, the best advice I can give you is to know that if you call ahead of time, there is no place anywhere in the world that accommodates people with special dietary needs and restrictions than Walt Disney World. You can call ahead to table service restaurants if you have an ADR there let them know about what it is. The chef will come out and he'll speak to you about specifically what you can have, what you might want, how he can accommodate it. If you let them know at counter service restaurants, many times they will bring somebody out from the dietary specialist team to talk to you and see how they might be able to best accommodate you. The other thing I would do, Michelle, is go on places like the forums over at WDW radio or go on Facebook, go on the Facebook page and start a discussion there and say, Hey, I'm somebody who's diagnosed with diabetes. These are some of my concerns. What has been your experience? And you'll be able to hear from other people because you are certainly not the only one and they'll be able to share their experiences and their advice specifically with you as well. Yeah, Lou, I totally agree with you that Disney, there's no one like Disney when it comes to special needs for dietary needs. They go so out of their way. The chef, like you said, comes out and speaks with you. It's one of the best places to vacation for people who have um, these types of needs. Absolutely. Uh, Let's move over to another dining question. I didn't really plan it this way, Becky, but Jeff Swoish. It's just food. I'm sorry. It's just food for you today. Jeffrey Swoish. Jeffrey from Michigan says, (laughs) thanks for doing such a great podcast. Had a question about one of our favorites, Chef Mickey's. He reserved a character dinner at 625 p.m. on Monday, September 27th. Uh, I've heard you talk about another restaurant in the Contemporary Resort being able to see the Magic Kingdom fireworks. Can you see them from Chef Mickey's? Obviously, we're talking about California Grill at the top of the Contemporary. You unfortunately cannot see them from Chef Mickey's. But he wants to know, will they let you go on the balcony to go out and watch them? If not, what about the boardwalk? Can we see Fantasmic from the boardwalk? Or would you suggest somewhere else to watch fireworks in one of the parks without paying for admission on that particular day. Thank you for taking the time to respond to my question and keep up the good work. So, well, first things first, will they let yeah. you up to the 14th floor balcony to go and watch fireworks? Unfortunately, not the balcony up at California Grill. You have to have eaten there that day. You have to show a receipt that you ate there or be up there for the fireworks. So they're not going to let you go up there. However, there is a balcony that's off the if it's if it's not covered by construction, so I know that they've been doing a lot of work in there. Um, that is just a viewing area. It's but it's a really low floor. So I 
don't know if it's going to be the best place to watch uh, fireworks from that's right there on that same level of Chef Mickey's. Have you been out there recently? I, I haven't been out there in a long time, but yeah. if wishes is what you're looking for, um, I do have some advice for you. My favorite place, and inside or outside of the park, one of my favorite places to watch wishes is from the beach of the Polynesian. Right. Go to Captain Cook's, grab yourself a Dole Whip, a drink of choice, whatever it might be. Grab your friends and loved ones, go out onto the Polynesian beach. You can watch Wishes. Then you can watch the Electrical Water Pageant. Really, really nice place. Obviously, you don't have to worry about paying admission there. Right. And of course, he also tries to address Fantasmic from the boardwalk. And unfortunately, Fantasmic's not viewable from the boardwalk, but you can see a little bit of illuminations from the bridge between boardwalk and the beach club. Um, But like you said, one of the best places for a uh, no-charge location to watch fireworks is definitely the Polynesian Beach. I agree with you. Yeah. And and, and unfortunately, Fantasmic and Illuminations are really, really tough to yeah. see, uh, unless you've got like a really sweet room over at the boardwalk or something, you might be able to catch a little bit of it. <laughs> right, um, because both of those shows are so low to the ground. There's not a lot of aerial effects that go on with either of them, for the exception of, you know, Illumination is definitely better than Fantasmic. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I've said about this before, is if, you, if you're trying to find a great spot, maybe you don't want to pay admission, but if you want to maybe splurge and do something, I love the Illuminations Cruises or the Wishes Cruises. Um, and you get a great view, obviously, from the water to see or if you actually take one of the ferry boats you might get lucky if you time it just right and catch some of the perimeter view of the fireworks and that what a there's not a better location for the exception of standing right in front of the castle i love being out there on those uh on those fireworks cruises it's great again becky i hear romantic research trip for you and i oh baby grand one <laughs> great listeners we're gonna go we're gonna Ooh. go in style we're gonna go oh. in style so all right um booking it maybe what we card. should do maybe we should do a grand one and we should take a listener with us <gasps> oh, I like that. <laughs> and as you're giving me the googly eyes, putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That that would actually be fun. Okay, we're going we to have to figure out how to do this. We'll have a contest oh. and we'll have to do a, a grand one trip one. Anyway, that, let's move. We got a lot of emails to get through today. All right. Next one comes from Michael Landman, who says, you mentioned something on this week's podcast about a bird sound without birds near the electric umbrella restaurant. Can you please tell me more about this? Michael. So, Becky, are you familiar at all? Have you ever, I know how you roll, but have you ever been outside the electric umbrella and eaten outside there in Future World? I need air conditioning. I am a girl that likes my air conditioning. So, when you say go outside, I'm going to tell you, I'm um, no. Diva. All of you who emailed me and said that Becky's a prima donna, you see exactly. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, <laughs> Grand one just turned into a, <laughs> to an inner t- it's a water mouse now. <laughs> Water mouse. <laughs> All right. So, Michael, and for you, Becky, what I was talking about is this, is outside the electric umbrella. And I was actually over outside of Norway, outside the bakery, just by the walkway towards that covered seating area by the church. The sound that you're hearing, um, and if you pay really close attention, is one that is p- played purposely, uh, but in the background over the speakers by Disney. And it's the sound of a bird in distress. Because when Future World opened... Cast members and the Imagineers, they noticed that birds were making a lot of nests in the signs and the eaves and on the buildings. You can do the math, understand the kind of mess it caused. Obviously, birds sometimes were dive bombing people's French fries and and churros. So what they did in order to alleviate the problem in a natural way without having to go in and disrupt the birds that had taken up residence there was they installed a number of speakers. And from those speakers, they played this looping sound, so not really audible to guests unless you're paying attention to it, of 
a bird in distress. And what it is, is that alerts the other birds that there may be some sort of danger in the area, pick up, grab their churros and move along. And it's worked. And that's why, again, the best places to pay attention to it is right outside Electric Umbrella and also outside Norway. And have no fear, no birds were harmed in the making of this recording. <laughs> that's very cool. Didn't know that makes total sense. So now, now when you're, you have your little people fanning you, you can say, take me by the electric umbrella. I want to hear this, this sound of, that Lou alluded to. Yeah, it reminds me, I got to buy you a new fan. Okay. <laughs> <Well done. laughs> All right, I am so Ashley, for that later. Ashley yeah. from me. Oh, you're so paying for that. Ashley from Michigan says, Lou, I've been listening to the show for a couple of months. Love it. So when I had a Disney question, I knew who to ask. Anybody but Becky Mankin. My mom always tells me <laughs> about this place we went to when I was little. We saw it on the show Inside Out. Loved Inside Out. Had J.D. Roth on the show about a year ago. I don't even know what that was. We'll touch, babe. We'll touch on that. Uh, It had the most delicious caramel corn I've ever had. She said, excuse me, we had the hardest time finding it. She doesn't remember where it was. Do you know where this place was and if it still exists? Thanks for all the Disney info. Ashley from Michigan. Caramel corn, Becky, are you a caramel corn? Do they eat caramel corn up in Swaklami? It's not Snoqualmie. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's really hard to feed that to the moose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get, I can tell you, you can get caramel corn on a number of locations yes. around property. One of my favorites is going over to Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. Hollow. Um, you can also get it at the dig site. Um, a lot of the candy companies, you can get it as well over at, um, at Hollywood Studios, uh, a number of the stands. Not... The popcorn carts don't have it specifically, but I know you can go over to the dig site over the studios and Sleepy Hollow. And I think there's, I'm trying to think where you can get it in Epcot. And I've seen it on a couple of carts there as well. Right. Sleepy Hollow is the place to go though, because that huge bucket just full of warm caramel corn yum. <laughs> Again, video segment waiting to happen. Excellent. So uh, let's see. We need smell vision for that because <laughs> man, that stuff smells good. <laughs> Serious. In, our, in Disneyland, as you're walking past, they've got this big outdoor cart that's nothing but caramel corn. You can smell it from like, you know, 100 yards away and it makes you want to buy it. Well, we now have yeah. another reason for all of us to go on a research trip to Tokyo Disney Sea because popcorn there is huge. And what they have are a variety of flavors of popcorn. I know that Scott Otis, who's been on the show before, and Steve Barrett, a couple friends just came back from Tokyo and they all raved about the popcorn like Soy sauce flavored popcorn and cinnamon popcorn and chocolate popcorn and these really cool different. And look, you know me, I'm all about trying the new funky stuff. So for the popcorn alone, Becky, I think there's a, uh, you know. A research trip to Tokyo. This Tokyo Sea Disney trip has been sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. (laughs) But of of course, since we're on a popcorn tangent really quickly, they also have this new colored popcorn at World of Color at Disneyland. And it's all sweet, different flavors and different colors and different textures. So you'll have to try that. Can you believe I'm actually more excited now about trying the popcorn in Disneyland than I am about seeing World, World of Color? <laughs> well, we'll make sure to accommodate that that need for World of Color popcorn. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Moving okay. on. Kelly Z from Thompson, Connecticut says, hey, Lou, just a quick question for you. As a visit to Walt Disney World isn't just in the budget this year, I've been going there virtually daily by listening to the audio guides in my car while driving about. And yesterday, while listening to the Fantasyland audio guide, it caught my attention when you stated that there were 26 candles situated on the Cinderella Castle during the time it was transformed to the giant pink birthday cake to celebrate Walt Disney World's 25th anniversary. So, why 26 candles? I suspect it relates to the fact that Disney held the celebration for more than one year, 
thus carrying it over into the 26th anniversary year. Even still, I believe the celebration was officially over and the castle back to its normal yet enhanced date before the October date when actually the 26th anniversary hit. So I'm unsure. Is there a reason for the 26 candles? Just curious. Love the show. Love the videos. Love and very much appreciate all that you do to educate those. There's a lot of love in this room who are intrigued by all (laughs) things Disney past, present, future. Thanks, Kelly Z. Um, Kelly, my answer to you may be overly obvious and simple, and I could be totally wrong. I think it's 25 years and one for good luck. Really? <laughs> That's I, what I my mom thinking, put on my cake. I had, you know, really? seven candles and I had one for good luck. What is that? Is that an East Coast thing or something? I didn't get extra. Maybe that's the problem now. <laughs> <laughs> this explains a lot. We're learning so much about you. I always got the number of candles that I was, you know. They, they sold so, that so many candles. They like sold that many candles in Walgreens. Oh, geez. See, I was going to say my next one's going to have like 29 on it. So there. Yeah. You and my wife, 29 forever. You're Exactly. 30th anniversary of your 29th birthday. (laughs) But Kelly, you're right. I mean, the Disney year is usually an 18th month year. So certainly it does. uh, You you could say that, yes, you were in that 26th year. I just thought my answer was cute and cuddly. All right. Side note, just because I can say it. That was the first year that I actually went to Disney World for the very first time. I got to see the castle pink. That was the first year that I proposed to Olga in front of the pink (laughs) castle cake. But we've been through that already. And then I returned... For my honeymoon the following year, and it was still pink. That's when I learned that celebrations don't just last for a year. Right. There is no such thing as a year-long celebration. So yeah, it's exactly. the Disney year. I learned the hard way Disney year is with pink. 16 to 18 months. So There we go. All right. Uh, Rob from Brooklyn, New York says, hey, Lou, so first wait off. Wait a minute. What? I, got, uh, I could have actually seen you doing d- proposing to Vulcan. And you know, you couldn't have because when I tried to do it in front of the castle, she's like, what are you doing out here in the heat and humidity? Let's move over here to this covered area by the water fountain and the screaming oh please it was it was in december was it from the start i don't even know can we move along please (laughs) ah sorry okay yeah go 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 call me um (laughs) (laughs) rob from brooklyn says hey lou first off thanks for the great podcast and please stop talking about olga i should preface my question and real quick Growing up, my parents... Come on, this is going to be serious. Growing up, my parents made family trips to Disney World a regular event. While my father enjoyed it all the same, it was really my mom who was so in love with Disney World and the magic and the happiness it brought to not just our family, but everybody who went. Disney World was undoubtedly a part of our life through the good times and the bad. And oh, I'm going to get all... Even when my mother was battling cancer when I was in college, it wouldn't stop her from getting a wheelchair and bringing the family to the parks to be together. About a year and a half ago, she sadly lost that battle with cancer. <clears throat> this coming September, I plan on visiting Disney World for the first time as an adult. It'll be my friends and I, although my sister and father will probably come down for a day or two from Tampa to join us. So realizing this will be the first time at Disney World without my mother, I thought it would be fitting to memorialize her in some way. And after all, Disney World was such a large part of her life. And after doing some Googling, I came to learn that Leave a Legacy at Epcot had stopped and that Walk Around the World program had run out of bricks. So I was wondering if there was some sort of similar alternative offered by Disney by which I could have my mother's name immortalized at Disney World in her memory, or if you knew of any other plans for these programs being reopened in the future, Thanks and keep up the great work, Rob from Brooklyn. Um, wow. Rob, that, that, thank you for sharing that. 
Um, certainly I, I, my condolences go to you and, and, yeah. you know, I can appreciate what you're going through. And I too have felt that same way because of losing my dad and how important Walt Disney World to, was to us. But I, you know, it's funny because I actually was just speaking with a friend of mine about this. We had actually gone out and found our tiles over on the leave a legacy statues there. And I do have uh, a walk around the world brick over by the Polynesian. And it's unfortunate that they no longer offer these ways to allow yourself to feel like you are a permanent in quotes part of Walt Disney world. And Mm -hmm. there, there is no current program I can think of Becky, but we started to think about ideas or ways that Disney could reintroduce that because look at how popular those were. Um, You know, the bricks were about a hundred dollars each. I think, I don't remember how much the tiles were, but you can see how many thousands of images are there right at the entrance to Epcot. Right. For me personally, Leave a Legacy was, was a great program. It wasn't as as good to me as the Walk Around the World bricks. And I pers- I own six bricks around the world. And th- this kind of tugs at my heart a little bit as well because I, I have one um, after my mother passed and after my father passed, I got bricks for both of them. And it is a really wonderful way to, you know, they, they won't say in loving memory. It's not, they don't want you to put that type of message out there. But I have his name and, you know, some a special thing between me and my father that I've got um, on, on that brick. And I really wish that they would bring that back. I, I really believe that that is such a wonderful way to memorialize and, and to go back out. And, and not just for, for people who've passed on, but um, we... My husband and I got one for our, our um, honeymoon. We had did another one for our anniversary and another one we took a whole bunch of special friends there. And it's just a, a great way to go back and relive those memories. And I, I wish they'd bring it back. And that's what it is. It's a way to memorialize the birth of a child or your family's first right. visit or an anniversary, whatever. Those happy things that mm-hmm. bring you back. And it, it was fun, you know, going to the... Now, if you look, Becky, when you're walking or if you take a bus, there's a small octagonal or so kiosk to the right-hand side of the entrance gates, maybe if you're walking towards the contemporary, that used to be where you could go, and there was a person inside, and you'd give them your name, and they would show you, they'd give you a map and show you where your brick was. Uh, now there's actually small little lockers and whatnot in there and, and, and signs, but you have to sort of have, sort of know where your brick is in order to be able to find it. But I would love to see this come back as well in some sort of form or fashion. Obviously, walk around the world bricks you'd be like in the swamps of, of the Seven Seas Lagoon somewhere if they were to open it up again. <laughs> but we were trying to come up with ways that they could do it. And, I, and look, I know some people didn't like the walk around the world bricks. They thought it was, you know, capitalizing on, on people. And, and, but I think Commercial. it's cool. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool because I did feel like I'm a part of it. The one thing I thought of that I thought would be really cool but somewhat impractical because it would be very limited, would have to be very, very expensive. But how cool would it be if you could put your handprints and your name like in front of the great movie ride, like the stars and the celebrities do. Oh, wow. So Becky Mankin, right next to Alan Alda and Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, right well, thank from, you. Just to the exactly left of John Wayne be. and just to the right of Liza Minnelli or <laughs> whomever it might be. Brad Pitt, maybe. Yeah, um, whomever you yeah, want to be Johnny next Depp. to. <laughs> but I mean, think about how, uh, again, you you know, there's only so much space you could do. Yeah. Um, but that would be really neat, sort of out in that central plaza out there somewhere. That would be very cool. That would be very cool. Because then you can go back with your kids and like, oh, look how small your hand was back in, you know, 2010. And now you're, you know, 17 or 
however old Becky might be. You can go back and measure your hands. and <laughs> That and would see. be so cool. Um, but again, this is where I want the listeners to come up with their yeah. own thoughts. Let me know what you think about either leave a, leave a Legacy or the walk around the world. Did you do it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? Would you like to see something like that come back? And if so, what would your ideas be? Please go to this to the show notes for this episode at wdwradio.com. Click on this week's episode and you can comment in the show notes and uh, and share your thoughts and ideas as well. Moving over to a question from John, a quick question from John Pappas. He said, can someone find the discontinued Playhouse Disney characters anywhere by request? For example, Stanley, Bear in the Big Blue House, etc. John Pappas. I know that those names are as foreign to you as Hooter, <laughs> Fuzzball, and the Geeks, aren't they? <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. I I saw Playhouse Disney live on stage, which is where I saw Bear in the Big Blue House. Now, did you ever see the Bear in the Big Blue House show before no, it was Playhouse Biz- Disney? No, I okay. didn't. That's going back. This is like pre-Becky. This is like June or so of 99. That's when Bear in the Big Blue House live replaced the sound. This was a restaurant. You might, you might not have known that. This was actually a very cool soundstage restaurant. This is where the camels came from. That are in right. Front of, right. Wait a minute. What didn't they used to have? Um, or wait a minute. May, well, hey, well, let me let me put it in context for you. The catwalk <laughs> okay, bar upstairs, um, really cool bar that's actually still there. They literally just close the doors and it's it's still sitting really? there. Yep. Ooh. Because certainly you don't want to sit in the bar looking down at the kids at at you know at Playhouse Disney. But yeah, there was a catwalk <laughs> bar, really cool, small, intimate bar, and you can't get up there. But if you go to the restrooms at the Brown Derby, uh, right on, by the doors across from the restroom, there's a, uh, a roped off stairway. That's what would take you up to the catwalk bar. Oh, okay. Yes. I learned I learned something today. And it, it, there's very, very <laughs> few photos out there. Um, I had a, a listener send me one. But if anybody has any photos of the catwalk bar and that cool red neon sign, I'd love to see it. Um, same thing with the soundstage restaurant. Not a lot of photos out there about the restaurant. So... But it was very cool. We'll have to do a segment about that because it changed themes according to different uh, shows and uh, films that were coming out. So, but anyway, I digress. Bear in the Big Blue House. uh, I actually liked this when my daughter was really little. Tutter and Ojo and Trilo and Pip and Pop and Luna, the moon, the goodbye song. No, not ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I I almost broke out in songs (laughs) singing the goodbye song, but I would never hear hear the end of it. There's not enough liquor up at the catwalk bar to get me singing the goodbye song on the air. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know, Bear and his friends moved over to Playhouse Disney Live on stage. They were unfortunately, you know, they're gone. Uh, People like Bear and Stanley, who was there as well, they're no longer on Playhouse Disney anymore. So obviously they've been phased out of the show to the more current Fab Five and Pooh and and Little Einsteins and things like that. So um, I have not seen any of those people um as characters anywhere in the parks unfortunately bear was awesome big orange bear he was cute he was great orange did you just say orange bear it was kind of rusty orange mustardy rusty orange okay anyway aldina says hey lou while growing up i remember driving to walt disney world and listening to the radio in the car as we got closer to orlando we listen to all the current goings-on and character voices making introductions to attractions and parades. The rest of my family and people I spoke to don't remember this. Am I nuts? Al, I am happy to say you, my friend, are not nuts. Because I remember this. I love this. 
again, Becky, this an AM radio was this thing that was in your car and you could tune. <laughs> anyway, they used to have on an AM radio station a Disney World radio. And it's not Radio Disney with Hannah Montana and the Joe Bros and insert somebody who's popular now that I'm so out of touch with. But it was a station that told you about things that were going on right then and there in Walt Disney World. New attractions, times, uh, special events that were going on. I actually have some audio from that from that radio station that uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll embed it in this week's show notes so you can go and listen. And Al, you can prove to your family and the other people who are telling you that you're nuts and wanting to commit you to Bellevue Hospital that you are in <laughs> fact not. Um, I know. And I would, you know what? I would love for them to bring it back. I'd love to see that radio come back. That would be very cool. I've I've never heard of that before. But and look, they've know. got the Radio Disney Studio right there in the studios. If they're looking for somebody, I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> you know I'm here. <laughs> I, I love my Disney World. How awesome would that be? But That'd be how, a good excuse to move to Orlando. Actually, but not only that. Just imagine how you know we talk about how the experience begins for different people at different times. For some of right. them, it's that reveal on Main Street. But for a lot of us. When we see that archway with oh, Mickey yeah. and Minnie, that's when it hits you. And imagine if you turn on your radio and you hear Mickey and Minnie, and your kids would lose their mind. If they, would forget the so kids. Cool. I'd lose my mind. If you just, <laughs> as you're driving around, hearing about some of the things. That, but look, from a practical standpoint, you're now going to inform guests about the different times, you know, park opening, park closing. What time is Fantasmic? Are there two shows of you know, whatever it might be. What time is Illuminations going on? Hey, the buses run until whatever. You can inform and entertain them at the same time. Isn't there an app for that? No, but there should be a radio <laughs> station for that because I think that would be awesome. I think that would be awesome. So Very cool. Again, yeah, I'll post, um, I'll post some audio clips from that um, in this week's show notes. Uh, Laura, we met, says, Lou, I'm going to be traveling to the world with my boyfriend in mid-October, staying at Port Orleans French Quarter. Love it. I'd like to treat us to one extra experience on our trip. We're both in our mid-20s, and I was hoping you could help me decide which of the following ideas we would enjoy most. A, Mickey's not-so-scary Halloween party. B, Epcot's around-the-world Segway tour. Or C, a yet-to-be-announced food and wine festival event. Also, our last night of vacation is about 10 days before my boyfriend's birthday. Do you think it would be silly to do something special for his birthday, even though we won't be there on the actual day? Thanks so much for your help, Laura. P.S. Becky, we have a 7.50 p.m. ADR for California Grill night. (laughs) Awesome. Good job. (laughs) That'll be perfect. First, not at all silly to celebrate his birthday. Get a birthday button and go for it. Oh, yeah. I think think the window for the birthday buttons is like 30 days. If you're within 30 days of your birthday, you go out and you get that birthday button and enjoy every second of it. Absolutely. The three experiences. Obviously, it's hard to pick just one, not knowing what you guys really enjoy doing, what what would make you really happy. But I I think I would do it in order of probably, if you want to be kids, the Halloween party would be number one to me. If you're going to be there during that time, if you haven't done it, I think I'd like that one best, most bang for the buck, as opposed to an hour on a Segway tour. Uh, your The Halloween party is going to be a little bit longer. Second might be the food and wine event. Yeah, do too. <laughs> but something really special, you know, you, 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 party for the senses. That's all I can say. 
<laughs> little spendy, but worth the money. So I think first would be the Halloween party. Second would be the food and wine event, depending on what it is. And then I would say the Segway tour would be third. You know, sometimes I think that, that we should date because <laughs> for as much time as we spend together and away from our spouses and how similar our answers are and how different Some, they are sometimes, too. Sometimes I feel like I am married to you. It's yeah, a very strange thing. But, you know, um, that's right. <laughs> boy, Deanna, help me. Deanna, um, help <laughs> Chris, you're a saint. I love you, man. Uh, I, too, agree with your order. I think Mickey's Not So Scary would be a lot of fun. You're yeah. going to get the most for your minute for minute, hour for hour, dollar for dollar out of that. You are in your 20s. It's a great way to just kind of let loose and have a great time. You can go in costume and get candy and just be kids. Yeah. The first time that I attended the Halloween party was just a couple of years ago, believe it or not. And my husband and I went. We focused on doing the rides and, the, and seeing the parade later on in the night. And the very beginning, when we first got there, we got our bags and we ran around and got candy. And we were like eight-year-olds. It was fun and we had a blast. And then we waited till the queues went down, rode rides, saw the, the parade, which is incredible. You can't miss the Headless Horseman. Love it. Yeah. And I mean, both of the other experiences are great, too. I think the Segway tour, the appeal to that is, number one, you're in you're in World Showcase before it opens. It's probably mm-hmm. your only chance that you're going to ride a Segway unless you decide to go out and buy one. Uh, food and wine, certainly party for the senses is sort of the piece de resistance. But if you are foodies or wine enthusiasts, there are some great events you can go to there. I almost... Becky, I would almost maybe switch that. Maybe almost put that last, because if you can't do party for the senses then you can still get a lot out of food and wine without having to do one of the events just by walking around or spending a couple of nights grazing, wandering, whatever it might be. That, that's true. You mean, you mean moving food and wine first over the Halloween party? No, no, moving food and oh. wine. I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth, but moving food and wine last on the Second. list. Second. Yeah. Last? Last. I, <laughs> no, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Because, because, because I'm saying you can experience so much about food and wine without having to... If you're not going to do Party for the Senses. Right. That's true. However, there's a lot that are, it's going on for Food & Wine this year. I mean, have you seen there's a Grand Meunier tasting with, with desserts? I mean, there's tons of stuff that's coming this year. But I, I think I would still keep that second and move the segue down, and I'll tell you why. Because You're, you're scared if, of the segue, aren't you? No, I'm not. No. You had a bad segue experience. Yeah. It, magic meets, you know. <laughs> Not a bad segue experience. I just, you know, getting visions of Fred. <laughs> no, I love Fred. Don't don't twist that. I love Fred. He's my buddy. Now, the the reason is is that you have to go during a specific time of year to see the Halloween party or to see the Food and Wine Festival. You can go any time of the year and usually get the Segway tour depending on weather. So if you were going to return maybe the next year, you might not be able to see, you might not be there during the October or the Food and Wine Festival time period. You would be more likely to be able to do a Segway tour later on. Right. That's true. And again, it depends on their interest. You know, like I said, certainly if they're, if they're big food enthusiasts, especially if your boyfriend is a big wine drink or even yeah. a big beer. I mean, there's, there's beer uh, things. There's all kinds of cooking demonstrations. So yeah, there's, there's a lot that you, I mean, look, yeah. nobody's a bigger food and wine enthusiast than I am. So speaking of food and wine, are you going to actually go to the party census this year? Or are you going to let me go by myself? Just checking. Well, are you asking me, <laughs> is this like a date? Are we like going to prom? Like, you know, <laughs> well, my prom stunk. So I'd love to sort of re, you know, I never whole, went to a prom. Uh, that's a long story. Yeah, Moving God, on. It's worse, it's worse than the Olga story. So, but anyway, so yeah, I think um, Halloween party. That's Halloween a- party definitely first. You've got to do the Halloween party. That that is one of my favorite special events, hard ticket events 
um, in Walt Disney World. So, uh, Laura, let us know how that goes goes for you. And, and no matter what you do, make sure you go visit Food and Wine over and over and over again. So, anyway, Becky Mankin, with that, um, with us now talking about our future dating and and, <laughs> and eating. People rituals. are going to talk. <laughs> people you know? are going to talk. Is- and I hope they do. And when people do talk, I want them to also send us their questions. Hopefully not about us, you know, our relationships. Our six-hour dinners. Yeah. Right. But hopefully more about I vacation planning and trivia and history, opinions, whatever it might be about <laughs> Walt Disney World. And certainly if you are planning your next vacation to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or on the Disney Cruise Line, sing it for the Disney Dream in 2011, Adventures by Disney or whatever it might be. You know, I truly highly recommend and use MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Uh, Becky, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. And of course, Olga, if you're out there, we might have a cabin for you on a cruise. Oh so <laughs> just send me an email. All right. Hey, Lou, sing us out. Bear in the Big Blue House. You thinking of anything? <laughs> I almost sang, I almost sang Olga to the tune of Lola, but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't bring oh, myself to it. Come on, make us all smile. Go for it. Just one. If Olga shows up on the Lido deck, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Olga, if you're out there, Becky at MEI-Travel.com. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Olga. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) I'm so dead now. That's your tagline. Poor Olga. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Also, big thanks go out to Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Don't forget, in addition to the show, please come by the site over at www.radio.com for discussion forums, photo galleries, daily blog posts. You can shop in the store where you can get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, my audio guides on CD, lots, lots more. There you can also download the free WDW Radio iPhone app and find out all the different ways you can connect with me and the show through Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and FriendFeed. All those links are right on the homepage. If you like this episode of the show or if you're a new listener, I invite you to please go back, check out some of our older episodes of the show for everything from detailed look at current and former attractions, vacation planning, interviews, and more. Most of those are evergreen. They're not really time-specific, And they're all available right on the website at www.radio.com or on iTunes. If there's something you'd like to hear or a question that you have, remember you can also email me at lou at www.radio.com. And I also invite you to please come by and look at and post in the show notes for this and past episodes. You'll find those right on the homepage. There you can post your comments, questions, thoughts, anything at all that you like right in the comments section. Also on the site, you can check out some of our videos. I have a lot of videos up on the site. Some new videos coming soon. I just posted with Destination D coming up in a couple of weeks. I just posted a look back at last year's D23 Expo up on the site. I'll have more to come this and in future weeks. So please go check out the site and on iTunes. I did mention the audio guides to Walt Disney World. Those are my virtual walking tours of the Disney parks, Main Street, Adventureland, and Fantasyland were the first three in the series I just released last week. Liberty Square, which is next on the tour. And as a bonus, I also released Mickey's Toontown Fair. Those are both available right now 
as instant downloads, or you can order those on CD. As I said, Liberty Square was next on the tour after Fantasyland, but with Toontown Fair closing soon, I wanted to give you a chance to get the guide, take it with you to the parks, and maybe help you prepare for your next trip to get the most out of what may be your last visit to Toontown Fair. There's so many secrets and details and trivia and stories in there for you and your kids to discover and enjoy. I mentioned Destination D coming up in just a couple of weeks. I want to talk about some upcoming meets of the month as well as other Disney events. It looks like, unfortunately, I am not going to make it to Walt Disney World again for a meet of the month in September because of personal and my business schedule. But I am going to have a meet of the month out in Disneyland. Now, as you may know, Destination D runs from September 24th through the 25th. There's a scavenger hunt on Sunday. And on Thursday night, we have a World of Color dessert party. That event is actually sold out, but I'm also going to have another meet that Thursday, September 23rd, so it doesn't conflict with any of the things on the very busy Destination D schedule. We're going to meet up around 1130 in front of the Haunted Mansion in New Orleans Square. We'll get together, say hi, and then share a ride on the Haunted Mansion with the new Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, which, by the way, I've never seen before. And again, that night, we do have the World of Color private viewing area and dessert parties. So this is another chance to get together in Disneyland, in the parks, get together, meet up, ride, if you weren't able to join us for the party. And also gives us a chance to meet up before the event and then maybe get together the next day and enjoy some of the presentations and events for Destination D. Again, for more information about any of this, visit DisneyMeets.com. There you can also reply to the Facebook event page that I'll create for the uh, the meet of the month in Disneyland for the, at the Haunted Mansion. Heading in, into October, lots going on this month. Really, really excited for it. Kicking off October 1st, it's the beginning of Food and Wine. It's Walt Disney World's birthday. It's also our annual walkabout where we are going to take a trip around the promenade during the Food and Wine Festival, sample snacks and drinks from all the different kiosks and pavilions and record something for the show. That's going to start at 2.30 on Friday, October 1st. Again, anyone and everyone is welcome to join us for that. Visit DisneyMeets.com. There you'll find a link to the Facebook event page where you can RSVP. Just let us know that you're coming. We're also going to have a meet of the month the following day on Sunday because the, the walkabout's going to be a little crazy and chaotic and we'll be eating the entire time. So we'll have a more casual meetup on Saturday, October 2nd. Probably also going to be in or around Epcot for those people that still want to enjoy some more food and wine as if Friday wasn't enough or if you can't join us on Friday. That'll probably be in the morning around 1130 or so. Stay tuned to DisneyMeets.com for more information than the exact meetup location and time. The following weekend, while Food and Wine Festival is still going on, the Swan and the Dolphin is having their first annual Food and Wine Classic October 8th through the 9th. Starting at 4.30, both days, they'll have some beverage seminars with things like wine blending and sake, beer, champagne tastings, science behind mixology, and so much more. Then from 5.30 to 9.30, they'll have the tasting stations open on the causeway. You can buy day of event only tickets or you can buy a la carte tickets right there. There's going to be entertainment, music, a lot more, and a chance to sample some of the great food from restaurants like Il Molino, Todd English's Blue Zoo, Kimonos, and so much more. To learn more or to purchase tickets, you can follow the link on the homepage of WDWRadio.com 
or in this week's show notes. I'm also in the process of planning out additional meets of the month in Walt Disney World for November and December. Stay tuned to the show, the site, Facebook, and Twitter. Best ways to get updates on that. Hope to have a chance to get to meet you guys uh, when you come to the parks. And don't forget, too, we still have cabins left for the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the Disney Dream. February 27th, 2011, a four-day cruise aboard the all-new Disney Dream. So many listeners and friends of the show are coming, really looking forward to this. We are going to be doing a show where we're going to answer some of your cruising questions about cruising in general, cruising on the Disney Cruise Line and the Disney Dream Cruise. So if you have any questions, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. We'll answer those on the show. We're also going to do a live video broadcast and chat where you can post some of your questions right there to me and Becky. We'll answer those as we start getting closer to the cruise on the Disney Dream. If you're thinking about joining us, visit www.radiocruise.com for more information, a no-obligation quote from Becky and her team. And also, if you are joining us on the cruise, many of you have been emailing me and asking about some logo wear that you can wear before and during the cruise. I'm going to post a link in this week's show notes to the store over in Cafe Press where you can get shirts, hats, other logo gear, which is now available. It'll be great to see how many people we can get in logo gear on the cruise, especially when we get together and try and take a big cruise picture. That'll be very cool. Again, for more information, visit www.radiocruise.com. As I said in this week's show, really want the show to be interactive. So again, if you have a question, you can email me at lou at www.radio.com. If you want to be heard on the air, call the toll-free voicemail line at 888-703-2171. If you want a chance to play Listener Factor Fiction, Email me your name and your phone number to factorfiction at wdwradio.com. You never know when I may randomly select your name and call you for a chance to win some prizes as well. Stay tuned for another WDW Radio live video broadcast and chat. I do these occasionally either from the studio or from the parks. I'll definitely be doing at least one from Destination D. I'll have more information as we get closer, find out exactly where and when I'll be able to broadcast from there. Again, the best ways to stay informed and connected is through Facebook, which is facebook.com slash WDW Radio, or through Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Lou Mangiello. Again, if you've tried to friend me on Facebook, I am not ignoring you. Unfortunately, I've reached my Facebook-imposed friend limit. So if you join the WDW Radio page, you'll get all the same updates right there as well. Still lots more to come. I've been really excited about Liberty Square and the, the surprise of Mickey's Toontown Fair and releasing those, but I am working on a lot of other things as well. Definitely stay tuned to the show and the site and the iPhone app for the latest uh, information. And as always, my friends, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word and let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to the show. If you're on Twitter, post a link in Facebook, come by, review the show and or the app over in iTunes. And of course, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we've met or not, I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in this and every week. It means so much to me. So until next time, remember to take a step and start to pursue your passion and then always, always keep moving forward. Have a great week, everybody. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is Paul. From Montgomery, Alabama, uh, Goofy Pal on the boards. 
here at Walt Disney World with my wife celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary, and we're sitting here on the Pooh Show for the Muppet Show. She's a net for Jello. And I just wanted to call out to my neighbors on the Deck 7 cruise. So say hey, guys. Having fun. Looking forward to seeing all of you in February. Have a great day. Lou, this is John from New York. Uh, we just came back from Walt Disney World, and Walt Disney World was giving a discount of 10% to annual pass holders and 20% to annual pass holders on merchandise purchases inside the park. Uh, it was very similar to Disneyland because we had always used our annual pass for the discounts, and they were giving it to us almost everywhere. I don't know if it's a was a short-term promotion or something new, but I thought it might help people out. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Ron from Smith's Grove, Kentucky. I was just calling. It's September 8th, and I am about 8.30 at night at Mickey Soontown Fair. We just went through Minnie's house and uh, saw all the little ins and outs and, and, and nuances of the, of the uh, cottage, simply because of what the, uh, the show that you and Jim Corcus went through and then went through the Toontown. It was really cool. I got to show my wife a lot of the little things and a lot of little in, inside jokes and, and features simply because I listened to the show. Also, earlier in the day, when we were on Prince Charming's Carousel, I was able to share with her some of the things about the carousel based on the show that you and, and Jim Corcus did. So I just wanted to call. I've always wanted to call right from the park, and here I am calling you from Mickey's Soontown Fair, which is a historic thing in and of itself, given it's going to be gone. So thanks a lot for the show. Thanks for all the fun. It really added to the, uh, to the uh, enjoyment of Mickey's Soontown Fair and all of Disney World. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Jeff from St. Paul, Minnesota. Just got through listening to episode 185 and uh, your interview with Jim Quercus, a.k.a. Merlin. I thoroughly enjoyed that uh, interview, like I always do, and he's always so much fun to listen to. appreciate all the knowledge that he has and also really enjoy uh, all the work that you do and putting him forth such a great show. Thank you very much for everything you do. We'll look forward to hearing your next podcast. See ya. Hi, it's from Renee from Fort Collins, and now from Lake Buena Vista, Orlando, Florida. Uh, just giving you a call. It's been almost two weeks now that I've been down on the college program, and it's hard to believe that it's going by so fast already. But I uh, just wanted to let everyone know if you see Renee out on the boats, probably going from Epcot to uh, the studios and back, and she has a little earning my ears ribbon on, please be nice to me. <laughs> I'm doing really well at docking the boats and uh, driving, but, yeah, please be nice to me. I'm still earning my ears, and I uh, definitely am learning as I go. So if anyone's down there, I'd love you to stop by and say hello to me if you see me out on the boats. And, yeah, I hope to see everyone here soon this year. Uh, thanks for everything that you do, and we'll hopefully see you soon. All right, bye. Hi, it's Renee from Fort Collins again. I nearly forgot the most important part. Lines here have been so great that I've been walking on to a lot of rides, and there's one that I walked on particularly for you, Lou. I, I had to walk on poo, and I was very happy that I could do so. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye. 